Hey, Jesus Time family, welcome back to Jesus Time, where we get to talk about everything that God shares with us in our times with Him. And we are wrapping up today a three part series on trusting God. And we know if you've been with us for the last two weeks that it is a lot easier to obey God than to trust God because trusting involves our emotions, our vulnerability. And we've gone over what it looks like to trust God's ways. We've looked at um, what it means to trust God's heart. And then today, we're going to look at trusting God's pace, (laughs) which ironically, if you have grown to trust God's ways and God's heart, this is a really, really big struggle because it involves waiting on God. (laughs) And, And I know that may not always be the case because God's pace can either be faster than we're ready for or slower than we like. (laughs) But I venture a guess that most of the time, God's pace is slower than we'd like. Come on, God, I'm ready. What's the holdup? And I think we can look to the scriptures to see how God's pace is so much a part of his faithfulness his love and gentleness as a good father, his wisdom, uh, and his desire to have us know him and become like him at a, at a rate and at a pace that doesn't wreck us. <laughs> so let's jump in and take a look at how we first see pace, or when I, when I first saw it in the scriptures, that really caught my attention. If we look in Genesis 33, verses 13 and 14. This is where Jacob and Esau finally reunite. They had had a big fight years ago. Esau was like, I'm gonna kill you the next time I see you. Things were bad. (laughs) And they were years later being brought back together. Things went well, they hugged each other. They're like, oh, we're all good. And then Esau tells Jacob, hey, join me, come along. Let's, Let's go to this place. Now, Jacob, had all of his people with him, including his two wives and tons of children and livestock, etc. So this is how Jacob replied to Esau. You can see, my Lord, that some of the children are very young and the flocks and herds have their young too. If they are driven too hard, even for one day, all the animals could die. Please, my Lord, go ahead of your servants. We will follow slowly at a pace that is comfortable for the livestock and the children. I will meet you at Seir. Guys, we see Jacob, who was being a thoughtful and considerate father and leader. He knew that the people and animals under his care needed a slower pace. And of course, if Jacob had that consideration, how much more so would our good father? And we see God's leading as a good father in Exodus 13, 17, and 18. This is after the uh, Pharaoh let Israel go after years of slavery. And it says this, uh, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds 
and returned to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. In his leading the people out of slavery, God set a pace that would not wreck them, that would not discourage them, that would not cause them to turn back. God's pace is loving. It is gentle. It is wise. And sometimes we don't understand why he makes us wait so long. And an incredible example is Israel waiting for their Messiah. You guys, the first uh, prophecy of the Messiah, Jesus, was in Genesis 3.15. And between that verse and Jesus' birth was like 4,000 years. Years, 4,000 years. That's a lot of waiting. And just between the end of the Old Testament and the New Testament, there was a period of 400 years. Guys, I had a frozen dinner for lunch today. I had to wait four minutes in front of my microwave. I was impatient. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is the land we live in. We live in a place where we are not waiting because we are not used to waiting. And even Israel, who was practiced in waiting, they found it hard to wait. God's pace is difficult. Waiting on God is difficult. And even after the Messiah came, Israel was like, okay, yay, you're here. So uh, when are you going to restore the kingdom? Because they had been waiting for the Messiah and every single little thing promised with the arrival of the Messiah which meant their uh, country, their people, their nation would be established and protected and free from oppressors. Guys, and we step into the New Testament having the Jews with this perspective, which can inform us a great deal about God's pace. So let's listen to what Jesus said. Or we're going to Luke 19, 11. Um, before Jesus shared a parable, says this, the crowd was listening to everything Jesus said. And because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. Mm. Trusting God's pace means we understand that not everything he promises will happen right away. His kingdom was there partially because Jesus was there, but it would not begin right away. Not all of it, anyway. God's pace. Trusting that God's promises are not going to happen all at once. And again, ironically, those who trust God's ways and God's heart will struggle the most with God's pace. So if you're struggling, you're in good company. John the Baptist. (laughs) Guys, John the Baptist, y'all, he was jumping up and down in the womb when Jesus came into the room in Mary's womb. This is a man who was the greatest on earth. So says Jesus in um, Matthew 11. But... When John the Baptist was arrested by King Herod, 
he had to wait in prison for a bit. And things were looking a little different than what he expected. So we start reading in uh, Matthew 11, verse 1. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to the 12 disciples, he went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? And we jump down to verse 11, and Jesus told them, Go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. You guys, Jesus did not give John a direct answer. He told John's messengers to tell him what was happening. And here's the thing when we are waiting on God's pace, when we are trusting God's pace, in the waiting, there are usually no new promises. There are no new promises. For the messengers that John sent, they were just telling John what he already knew and what he had seen, but what they were also seeing. When Israel was waiting for the Messiah, they just kept reading the Torah and the prophets and the Psalms. There were no new promises in the waiting. And this is why God's pace, I think, is so challenging because when you trust God's ways, you're reading about God's ways in the scripture and he will give you a promise or he will show you how he came through in this way or that way, whether in the scriptures or a verse that came alive in your own life. Trusting God's heart, very similar. You're looking at the scriptures and God is revealing his heart to you through the scriptures. So a verse will land in your heart or come alive through an experience that God allows in your life. When you are trusting God's pace, there may not necessarily be anything new. We have to look back on his promises and exercise the discipline of believing what we already know and wait for him in trust. And you guys, like I said, if this is where we are struggling with trusting God's pace, we're in good company. Because what does Jesus say about John the Baptist In Matthew 11, verses 11 and 12, I tell you the truth, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. So it's it's natural. (laughs) It 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 is something we will struggle with. But we have to trust God's pace. We have to. And that brings us to us, or even maybe more personal. We've looked at the scriptures, Old and New Testament, about trusting God's pace. And we are, sometimes we will still struggle with trusting God's pace. And we might still be tempted, and we will ask him, God, what is the holdup? Because guys, let's face it, it is really hard when God says, I will provide for all your needs according to my riches and glory, but you don't have enough money in the bank to pay your rent. 
Or when God said, I will heal all your diseases, but you have had chronic illness for 15 or 30 years and you are not getting better. Lord, what, what is that? What is that? It is really hard to trust God's pace when he's given you a promise that does not look like a reality in your life right now. Okay. I think what's important to know and to hold on to in these seasons, again, we have to go back to God's promises, back to his word, his ways, and his heart. And guys, we know from scripture that God is working for his ultimate glory, maximum glory, and for our ultimate good. That is something we have to remember. And God's pace will achieve that. His maximum glory, our maximum good. And we see that in John 11. Verse 4, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. And we know from continuing that chapter that Lazarus did die and he was dead for four days before Jesus showed up. That feels like a pace that is not only slow, but has completely missed the mark. But God's pace doesn't miss the mark. God's pace is for his maximum glory and our maximum good. Verses 15 and then jumping to 23 and 26. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there for now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him, Jesus told her, her being Martha. Your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? And in verse 27, she says, yes, Lord, I believe. Okay. Before this incident, Martha had had knowledge about who Jesus was and what he could do. After this, Martha's faith grew and she believed something she never knew before about Christ. That is her good. It takes time to develop the knowledge of Christ that will bring us into a greater intimacy with Christ. God's glory and our good are so linked in the sweetest, most intimate ways. And if we can keep that perspective, it will help. John, I'm uh, not John, I'm sorry, Romans 8, 20 and 29. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I hear people quoting verse 28 often. Oh yeah, God causes all things to work together for good. What we forget is that God defines good. <laughs> In verse 29, he defines it. He chose them to become like his son.
That is our good and God's glory. And as we trust God's pace, <laughs> we have to understand that our perfection, our God completing us to be like his son will take until Jesus comes back. <laughs> Philippians 1.6 And I am certain that God who began the good work in you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. Guys, trusting God's pace means we understand all of these things. We understand that God's pace is of a loving, wise father who takes us at a pace that will not wreck us, but will bless us. God's pace means he is taking us at a speed where he can develop uh, our Christ-likeness as he gives maximum glory to his name and maximum good to our lives. Trusting God's pace means we are at peace in the waiting. It is not easy. (laughs) It is not easy. It is not easy. But that is why, whether we are trusting God's ways, God's heart, or God's pace, we need to have our Jesus times daily so that we can be reminded that his ways, his heart, and his pace are all trustworthy. You guys, I hope that you are growing in your trust for God as you seek him in his word. I love you so much. God bless.